Welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And, Darian, we've got a we've got a game week again, you know, week number two in store, yeah. and we're going to get into it a little bit, but I got a feeling this might be a revenge game for our UAB after, after what uh, Liberty came in and did in uh, our home opener protective last year. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the players got this game circled on their calendar. They got, I mean, come on, man. They did this opening up our stadium. Disrespectful. Mm, you know, you ain't, you ain't got the big bad bully Malik Willis here. You know, I, I know they feeling it. Um, I was just thinking as, you know, I know when the sun, um, when our, show come on i was like man we need like a wrestling music intro like (laughs) (laughs) something like that but yeah yeah that's just off topic i'm sorry guys but yeah i'm pretty sure this is a revenge game for the guys but i'm pretty sure liberty will be ready for us they know that they're not stupid so they're gonna be ready for us exactly and hey we've got a great interview um once we finish uh doing our preview from john manson from a sea of red uh, you guys might remember him from last year. You know, we had him on uh, previewing the uh, matchup with Liberty uh, last October. Uh, we were fortunate uh, that John took out some time, um, a little longer than expected, but um, he, he he was very, uh, very informative as always. Uh, it, guys, go to aseaofred.com or just follow them on Twitter at aseaofred. Uh, great Liberty content um, just throughout the whole year and a great, you know, just resource for Blazer fans heading into this matchup. I know. Um, I've I've got a piece uh, that I helped out with uh, just, you know, their view of the up from the other side, from the opponent's view. I, I was able to help out with their article. Uh, Darian and I will both be on their podcast, the Sea of Red podcast Tuesday night. So you're probably listening to this Tuesday morning. I believe it starts around 8 p.m. Central Time or we're slated to go on around 8 o'clock. Um, so, guys, definitely uh, go to Sea of Red on Twitter and you'll be able to see that because they broadcast it on Twitter. But before we get into our Liberty discussion. First and foremost, if you have not bought a Blazer Victory Podcast t-shirt or hoodie, go ahead and go to www.storefrontier.com slash blazerpod and go ahead and get you a shirt, a short sleeve a shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and a hoodie. And that just helps support the Blazer Victory Podcast and uh, helps us. And it also just helps spread the word about the podcast because people see the shirt or the hoodie and they're like, what is that? There's a UAB yeah. podcast. So yeah, I mean, definitely that, help us out. And listen, it's like the cool thing. If you don't want your kid to be picked on at school, get them, <laughs> get them a T-shirt. If you want your coworkers to like you and talk to you and think you're so cool, get a Blazer Victory T-shirt. I promise you it works every time, man. Just trust me. Trust me, bro. There you go. Well, <laughs> before Liberty, I did, you know, so we did the instant reaction show last, uh, you know, on Thursday night, Darren, where we just instantly reacted to the Alabama a game, which we did get a lot of good feedback on. I think people really liked the instant reaction versus the next day. Now, the only drawback on that is that we're unable to, you know, kind of nerd out and actually rewatch the whole game and, you know, kind of see stuff that we might have missed um, being at the game or the first time watching it. and. I believe you what you had something to bring up about the offensive line from the Alabama a and game. Is that right, Darren? Right, yeah. So just seeing, you know, when you're in person, you're in the game, you um uh, talking, it's just the view. It's, it's a lot different from watching it on TV or on yeah. the computer and actually getting the rewind and seeing the full picture and blah, blah, blah. You know how that is. But um, mm-hmm. our offensive line was – they were really good. You know, when I look back at it, we were uh, – we are very physical offensive line. We are very sound. I do think I came away from from questions at right guard a little bit. Yes, with, with saying that, um, you know, I know we got a 
uh, transfer um, from Juco, Quincy McGee. He was starting at right guard. And and for what it's worth, Zarion Hayes, number four for Appalachian. Um, he was transferred from Appalachian State. From App, yeah. He was, from he was App on, on A&M. Yeah, this, the guy's a good player. I know they they didn't have a good defense or whatever, but you can always find something buried underneath all of the mud and the dirtiness. And he was that guy. He He's a legit starter on a lot of D1 FBS programs. That guy yes. was good. And a lot of times they, they were able to slant him or get him matched up, and he was able to use his quickness, um, you know, against our right guard. And uh, <clears throat> I just I, – I think it may – just looking back at it, I think it may have caught him off guard, caught him off guard because he didn't, per se, get physically dominated there. Right. It was just a, a move here. It was a slant here. It was a quickness. Like, he was just very quick to get to his spots. And um, I think it I think it just caught Quincy off guard sometimes. So, I know the, the weeks, you know, between week one and two – um, are the the areas where you get to improve the most? So I'll be looking forward to him really improving and learning. A lot of times it seemed like you know he'll be stepping right to get to to do our zone stretch play or something like that. And Zarion Hayes number four, he'll slant in. He's so quick and elusive. If you don't have your head up and be ready for those type of moves, it'll catch you off guard. As an offensive lineman, I know, mm-hmm. you know, and um. He was just able to get him a couple times in the game. So, what I, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say no, not to interrupt, but like we, you know, I've seen him in practice. Like he looks so good. And honestly, man, that that first game, like you know, maybe you got some jitters, and you know, it's a it's a real game. Yeah, it's Alabama A and M, but it's you know a real game. First game of the season, like maybe there's some jitters. You you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and we expect it to get better. We're we're not saying this, um, you know, thinking that McGee's not gonna get it together we do think it you know will get better and i think you'll see improvement you know hopefully this week against liberty exactly and for the and for the sake of it let me i'm gonna make this clear i think this was the the best player on their team yeah oh by far by, dude. <laughs> by far offensively defensively special teams number four stood out so i'm not this ain't this is no way to like slight quincy you know and like i said week one week two this is first time start he was his first time starting I think it was great for him to mm-hmm. be able to see things, to to get matched up against the best player, uh, and, and be able to take some L's in the game. You know, mm-hmm. now let's be clear: he did not get beat every play. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if I was judging this war for the whole game, I would say um, he, Zarian was able to get the best of the whole fight. I would say that, but it was back and forth. But I'm looking forward to the improvement. I know I was a little tough on. The quarterbacks too. I was saying at the time it was off and da da But after watching the game, our quarterbacks was it was probably only a handful of players. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But our quarterbacks were really good. Um, the other guy, you know, I was wanted to see. I want to see Tejon Palmer be more consistent. He dropped a couple balls, especially yes. in the beginning. I want to see him be because when if you get the ball in his hands and you let him go, mm-hmm. he can go. <laughs> you know. Right? <laughs> So other than that, it was kind of hard to find anything that our team was doing that was, I, it was, uh, you know, yeah, everybody else pretty much dominated our, we got speed at linebackers and our D line in the interior. After watching it again, I kept on saying instantly, it seemed like they were very, very stout. It was even better. Isaiah mm-hmm. Forte and your boy Fish McWilliams. I'm telling you, man, Fish is still like, I, I think he's going to be the defensive player of the year for UAB. Like I think. You know, just seeing him step up, I and mean, he had a heck of a game uh, Thursday night. 
Uh, so, but yeah, definitely glad you brought up Forte because I mean he he looks a lot better this year. Kind of slimmed down a little bit, but still got that muscle looking good. Um, one correction I do want to bring up from the instant reaction that we did. I thought I said on the podcast that Tyler Taylor was the guy that hit a guy late out of bounds, um, and we got a 15 yard penalty. That was actually Starling Thomas. Um, kind of a no no. I mean he kind of just shoved him super late, and of course. The second guy always gets caught, so of course the the flag was immediately, you know, thrown out from the official. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but really, that I think was the only kind of like bad penalty UAB had because I mean, you know, we, we discussed the two targetings, but those weren't targetings, and they were both overruled um, or reversed. Um, but other than that, I think we hit on everything from the A and M game. Oh, a fantastic crowd! I meant to bring that up Thursday night. You know, I think we had over thirty two thousand. Just mm-hmm. an overall great atmosphere. Now, I, I can still hear the AM band uh, playing in my head still to this day. Awesome, man. Um, they were awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. But, yeah, just overall great atmosphere and definitely look forward to uh, two weeks from now and uh, having the second home game against Georgia Southern and hope we can get another awesome crowd out. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this Liberty game. So the first thing that I put on our agenda for this show – Darian is Liberty a revenge game and that that seems kind of dumb to put that in the notes uh, for us to have a conversation but I think we're on the same page I think the players and coaches are on the same page this is a revenge game you know this is a game that the players coaching staff fans of course that we have been circling on our calendar since that uh, opening game in October in Protective Stadium last year like yes it's a revenge game and Thank goodness they don't have Malik Willis on that team anymore. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, man. I think I, – and I think we're going to go in there to make a statement. I don't yeah. think we're just going in there just to win. Right. I think I think we were we were embarrassed. Um, we were way better than that team we showed that day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think overall the team is better this year just in general. But um, I think we are going in there to make a statement to show them that we not those people, and uh, this ain't a this, this ain't that this ain't a, a team that you think you can just bully and walk over. They bully, Malik Willis really bullied us. Yes, kind of followed suit. But uh, yeah, that ain't us, man. Definitely agree. Well, Liberty uh, faced Southern Miss this past Saturday, and they won 29 to 27 in quadruple overtime. Yes, I, I said that correctly. It was four overtimes in that game, and Liberty squeaked out of Hattiesburg with the win. Now, I mean, that very well could have went Southern Miss's way. Uh, both teams had multiple opportunities to kind of put the game away, and it was the first game of the season, so both both teams kind of made mistakes. I turned the ball over. Both teams turned the ball over a lot, I believe. Uh, Southern Miss forced um, – I had it on my stats. Uh, but there, there was a lot of turnovers. I think there was five turnovers on one side, three turnovers on the other side. Uh, both teams just just kind of – I mean, it was kind of what you expect, a sloppy uh, first game to the season. But give Liberty credit. They were able to pull the W out 29-27 over Southern Miss. But that being said, I don't know, man. Just looking at – and I was able to watch most – rewatch most of that game uh, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Darian, I like our chances, man. And this isn't trying to sound homerish or, you know, anything, but you you look at what Southern Miss was able to do on the ground against that Liberty defense. And the Liberty defensive line is supposed to be the strength of that team. Like, man, if they're rushing for over 250 yards, if Southern Miss is doing that, and we all know how one-dimensional Southern Miss is, I mean, 
The poor, right. quarter, the poor quarterback got hurt again on the first, uh, in the first game, and basically Frank Gore was back there the whole time doing a wing T, uh, one-dimensional offense. But if he's able to do that, we've got to lock our chances. With Debo um, hopefully coming back this Saturday from his illness, and Jermaine Skull Brown and all the guys we have in the backfield, like I, I think I think we should be good come Saturday. Yeah, man, that was that was the first thing because we actually have a quarterback that can keep you honest. Yes, exactly. You know, and we got and we got guys that'll take the take the top off of you. You know, we got we got some guys that you put the ball in their hands in space. Mm-hmm. They can do things. So you can't just load up like that. But um, you know, I honestly think looking at Southern Miss, I think their offensive line was much improved. I think they they were more physical now. You know, after you know, speaking with John, I do think that that D line is good, but I I don't think they're physical. Mm-hmm. I think they are finesse. I think it, I think if you drop back and you are passing team, I think they can get after you. Right. But I don't think they're I don't think they're physical. I don't think their front seven is, was very physical. So we have a very physical offensive line, yes. and we have some very physical running backs. So <laughs> it was kind of like. <laughs> You know, um, when Frank Gore, you know, was you was alluding to, they got in that power back. They it, they could not really he, tackle him. They could, they, man. So many he, missed tackles. Yeah, he got in one on one situations and he almost won every time. They had to bottle him up, but he, they I think their DBs were good. I think their defensive backfield is good for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, you can pop plays on them, but you can't every every defensive backfield. Right. Um. I think their defensive line is good in certain areas in passing situations, honestly. And then, you know, they can make plays and run and stuff. I do think if I was to point out a weakness on that team, I think their weakness was at linebacker. Yeah. Um, because once he once they got, like I said, I repeat, once they got run on one with Frank Gore and in any of the other playmakers, a lot of times those guys were able to pop one on them. Mm-hmm. Um versus like from what I saw, our team against AM, we got guys down on the ground. Like, exactly. You, we got Damian Miller and all these Noah Wilder. They was rocking guys, you know. So, um, man, I, it, it kind of got my juices flowing. I think, I think you know, we'll have Debo back. I think we'll have Kadeem Telford back. You know, you got Debo and Skull. Mm-hmm. I, I like our chances, man. With, the, with our offensive line, Trey Hearn and them boys. Hey. I agree. I agree, man. And hey, if they thought Southern Miss was a physical offense, just wait until they roll out Saturday night and see UAB's offense, man. Like I, I cannot wait to see it. And I mean, I'm just looking forward to it. And hey, we are going to learn a lot about this UAB team come Saturday yes. night. Win, win or lose, whatever happens, we are going to learn so much about this team. Like, yes, we had the Alabama A&M game. Yes, we won 59 to nothing, but. You really can't take a whole lot from that game. Just just knowing how bad Alabama A and M is, um, so I, I, we're going to learn a lot about this UAB team. And I, and think, I, I think ahead. this game is an opportunity to. Um, you said you just you was talking about learning ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's a chance to establish an identity. Yes, I love that. Yeah, what are we? Are we? Are we the? You know, the Bill Clark pounded, you know, conservative type of team, or can we mix it up on you? Like, or can we just do are we the bullies? That's what I say. Like, I think we can be the bully. Like, we we can we can pound it on you, but hey, if you start loading that box up, we're gonna pick you apart deep. We've proven, hey, Bryce Damis, man, seeing that guy tied in in practice, that and getting that touchdown in the Terrell McDonald. You know, when we come in, we came into the season saying, Okay, well, 
obviously we've got to replace Hayden Pittman, Garrett, Garrett Prance, of course, two legendary tight ends for the UAB football program. I think we got some dudes there. You know, I mean, you you go back and put that film on from the Alabama A&M game, and yes, it's Alabama A&M again. But I mean, you see this the the speed and elusiveness that uh, Damas put on that touchdown, uh, which is a great throw from Dylan. Um, and you look at that catch Terrell McDonald had in the end zone, like. I think we are ready to kind of prove ourselves. Um, I would say to the world, but unfortunately this game is going to be on ESPN plus, but whoever's watching the game and people are going to see that box score the next morning and they're going to put UAB on notice. And um, you know, John mentions it in the interview that we had with him. He he even said, you know, this is a top 25 UAB team, you know, uh, that Liberty expects to come into Lynchburg this Saturday night. So I think this is a great chance to, for UAB to prove themselves uh, in, in what I've said before in past episodes, this is the most important non-conference game on UAB schedule. And yes, I know we got to go to LSU and poof, speaking of LSU, man, Sunday night, <laughs> but, but, but anyways, you know, Hey, and you've got Georgia Southern next week, which are uh, in two weeks. Sorry that, I mean, that's not going to be easy, but this game right here, if you can come out of Lynchburg with the win and go two and O heading into that Georgia Southern game next week, I mean, Brian Vincent is going to be ecstatic and you're going to really see, you know, not just local media, but you're going to see national media kind of take notice Jump of on this it. UAB program. Exactly. Join, join yeah. the band, bandwagon. Jump on the bandwagon. I think this is the the litmus test because um, it's where it's scheduled, where, you know, we have them in the second week. And yes. it's still a lot of people are high on us, but they don't know. Exactly. A lot of people are still high on Liberty, but they kind of got some questions answered, but they kind of didn't in a way because of, you know, Southern Miss's quarterback situation. And unfortunately, what happened, even though I do know that Southern Miss team was uh, a lot improved, much improved team. They looked a lot better, but they still wasn't able to answer all the questions because of the situation. But exactly. so now I was going to ask you, I know you mentioned Bryce Davis. I was going to ask you your question. I mean, on, on the guys that you came impressed with on offense and defense from our side on our side, but you already named out my guys. So let's get into it. Bright, uh, mm-hmm. Bryce Damas, man. When I went, when I went back and rewatched that film, dude, like he, he, he is fluid. He is he very is. fluid. I saw him run that route. I'm like, Oh, this dude is six, two, but it was his understanding of the offense and his understanding of angles. Dude. Blowing people up on blocks, like the way he he knew what to do and he knew how he went and did it. It was no questions about it. He went fast and everything he did, he looked confident. He ran everything fast. He was right on spot on with blocks. I mean, he was I was like, man, we got it. This Darren, Darren, I how, love this guy. How in the world did Marshall not offer him? No, I idea. mean. Me like and nobody like UAB was one of his only like I mean he had a couple other offers but I think we were his only D one offer if I if I'm not somebody please correct me but my goodness dude and but that's hey that that just isn't you know for Bill Clark you know finding those diamonds in a rough you're finding those guys that are not really highly recruited and right. being able to fit and now hey Bryant Vincent already you know we've mentioned before taking off with recruiting like I, I just love it man and, I mean yeah he's not Hayden Pittman or Garrett Prince but can he get there? Yes. Exactly. I mean, you see, you see but, it. And no, go because ahead. Because guess who else wasn't highly recruited? Jared Prince. Jared mm-hmm. Prince wasn't highly recruited. Guess who else? Skull Brown. Guess who else? Spencer Brown. Like I can exactly I can exactly. go down the list with these type of guys on our team. But when they get into our when they get into our culture, 
we have this culture of like building players up. Like we mm-hmm. redshirt them, you know, they kind of wait some time by the time they get on the field, unless they just come out and, you know, impress right off the bat. It, it, it takes some development and work to get on the field. Right. It's the kind of culture we create. So by the time some other team is trying to recruit a, a freshman to come in and play right away and they need that talent, we got guys just cooking and marinating and getting better and getting better. And so we seem to recognize that, like, we seem to be very much a staff of development. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a player, you know, I want the players that I hope it's a high school player listening somewhere. If I'm a player and I'm thinking about where to go, just know that if you go to UAB, you got a good chance of being developed. Yes. You know, even if you play right away, you you develop a lot. A lot of these guys, they bodies, they turn into different players year two, you know, and – uh. You know, here, this is what we do. So I think that's what Bryce has done. He was here last year. He didn't get to play much, but now he's put in that position. And right. I, he was, he became, looking back on TV, and Man. you know what's funny is they fell in love with him, too. Yes. <laughs> him and him and uh, Damian Miller. Yeah. One yeah, Damian everywhere on defense, right, just hitting everything, you know, pouncing on punt blocks for touchdowns, knocking quarterback helmet off and all of that so yeah man i think uh we just found a gym this my one of my new favorite players i think so too. and hey we got to give a shout out to brody dalton too i mean that he looked good you know coming in uh you know i think in the second half of the game made a couple good catches mm-hmm. uh but it, it was good seeing <laughs> on the tv broadcast you're able to see that all that hair in his helmet like in the, I think the broadcast <laughs> like, was like, how can he see <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool Definitely. So it was great to see. Um, But Darian, anything else we want to hit on? You know, we're at 22 minutes now. We've got a great interview with John Manson. But is there anything else we want to talk about Liberty before we roll the interview? Yeah. Yeah. So what I I just want to see about, you know, um, like so I know we're going to talk about and you're going to hear about their quarterback, the quarterback situation they have with uh, Caden Salter. But I just wanted to put because, you know, I watch, you know, I know you watch some film and I watch some film on him. And, you know, of course, there Charlie Brewer got hurt and they brought in their backup and they didn't like him. And they brought in Salter and Salter moved the ball. Um, he was able to move it. But this is just my opinion. Does he have talent? Of course he has talent. He is a guy that he will run it. He will move around. He's mobile and he has an arm. He can throw it. Almost all the passes I saw him complete. He was out of the pocket and it had to be moved. Yep. I know you I know you noticed the same thing. It was like he wasn't comfortable until he kind of knew where the guys were at. My game, what I'm looking forward to, what I would do is I would either A, I would blitz him and send guys at him and make him like it's like a I think the biggest thing that we're our defense is gonna be challenged with with him because we're gonna assume that he's the starter. Yeah. I think our biggest challenge is is discipline. Because mm-hmm. I think he's looking for a lane to escape out of, whether that's running or throwing. Mm-hmm. He wants to he wants to get out because he's and he'll tell you in our in our interview that he's very raw. He's talented, but he's very raw. I would he would have to beat me from the pocket, either blitz him or I'm gonna rush three or four guys with a spy, mm-hmm. you know, and we're gonna contain you. We're gonna muck rush you. Muck rush is when you give when you um, when you pressure the quarterback. But you're not getting outside your lanes. It's like almost four bull rushes, just kind of waiting for him to try to run outside. Got you. I think if we muck rush him and just kind of be disciplined on our lanes, he's going to look for lanes to run the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, whether that's escaping the pocket to throw it or run it, he's looking to get out of the pocket. And yeah. um, if we can just make him beat us from the pocket all game, I I think he'll make mistakes. I, make him be consistent. Make him don't give him those explosive plays. Don't give him those thirty nine. I escaped out the pocket for a twelve yard game running the ball. Southern right. Miss did that. Southern Miss would stop him, stop him, and then. He would do something outside the pocket, throw the ball, you know, 18-yard game, something like that. You can tell it was deflating for him. You know, yeah, you play with mm. Michael Vick on Madden. Right. <laughs> you yes. just kind of run around and run around and throw the, throw the ball. That, that is exactly – I thought – I was like, this dude is Mike Vick from Madden. He's just throwing the ball. He's just running out. He's just running around. It's like backyard football. But, he, I mean, it worked because it bought time for the receivers, and he got away from the pressure, and it made him more comfortable. Right. Make him uncomfortable. Make him beat you from the pocket. Blitz him, but just stay disciplined. That's what exactly. I would say. Stay disciplined. Stay in your lanes. Don't don't try to be a hero. This is not a pocket passer. Don't try to be a hero and put a move on and go inside. He's gonna look. He's gonna spot that and he's gonna break contain if you do that. But right. he will make mistakes. He will throw in. He's young. He will throw interceptions. Make him uncomfortable. And if we do that. And we go up just kind of like we did A and M, and we go up, and we start running the ball because we are more physical than they are. It's over, man. It's over, man. We won't play into their strengths of pass rushing. I think they got, I think they got good DBs, so I don't want to just be in a passing match with them. Mm-mm. I want us to run the ball like we know how to run the ball, and then we can force him into those mistakes. And I, I think that'll be game, man. I, I, I like our chances. 100% agree with you, Darian. Now, before we roll the interview, uh, I guess we need to give our predictions of the game. Uh, you want to give yours? Score prediction? Okay. I will go. If I Now, this is assuming the game goes how we say. That our guys are, let's say our guys are disciplined and we run the ball and then we take the top off of them a couple times. Trey Sharpshire is healthy. Debo is back. And everything, I do think we have a chance to win this by two touchdowns and a field goal. Okay. Um, you know, so I would say maybe uh, 31-14. Nice. I like it. Uh, now, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it a lot closer. And the reason why I've got it a lot closer is I do think UAB is going to be able to jump on this team, get a little comfortable lead, but I, I think Liberty will – creep in the fourth quarter and make it a good game. Um, but I've got UAB coming out on top uh, 28 to 24. So I kind of envisioned something like, you know, UAB coming out maybe 21 to three or seven or something like that and just kind of coasting. And then uh, Liberty kind of makes it a game late in the fourth quarter. So 28, 24. Hope I'm wrong. I hope Darian is right. I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm hoping for your prediction, man. And I can certainly see that happening, uh, you know, with, you- Not- with this UAB team. The main reason I do that, I solely, I wholeheartedly believe Southern Miss should have won that game. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean. Southern Miss did whatever they could to give that game away. Whether it was um, turnovers in that red zone, whether it was penalties to keep to keep the Liberty on the field, that game shouldn't have never went to overtime. I won't, from, from what I saw, yeah. I was like, my God, they just give it to him then. Like, why are you guys finding ways to lose this game? Southern Miss shouldn't have lost that game. I, I felt like Southern Miss was the more physical team. I don't know if they were the more t- talented team, but I think the physicalness was the key to it all, and they just kept pounding and kept pounding. 
And, right. and for somehow, some way, they didn't come out with the win. They had five turnovers, a lot of them, in the first half, and they had a lot of penalties. And um, I think, you know, Liberty was able to – You gave they gave them enough chances, and Liberty is too talented to give them any challenge, uh, challenge mm-hmm. you know, give them that many chances. So <sighs> if we don't give them those chances, we don't make boneheaded plays, and we have an experienced team. I think our team is more physical. I think we should have a – I'm not – we could dominate, but we're going to be in Lynchburg, and they have talented guys on that team. Number three, yeah. their receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Demario Douglas, yeah. Demario Douglas, oh, yeah. He can make plays, man. And and that quarterback, he can make some plays. If we're not disciplined, he will make us pay. And we and we can lose that game if we're not a disciplined, sound team. If we don't stay – if we don't stay true to our keys, they're gonna they're gonna take advantage of it. So, definitely. Um, yeah, I can definitely see a scenario where we lose if we if we don't if we don't take this team serious enough and we hey, not locked in. It's a road game, man. I mean, and it's the first road game of the season. You know, with Bryant Vincent's first road game as a head coach. So I mean, I, I think he'll have the guys ready just like he did last Thursday. Right. Um, but, hey, you never know. That's that's why they play the game. <laughs> this ain't Alabama A&M. No. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. I mean, Liberty, hey, they recruit well. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze, not even going to say anything that you guys don't already know. You know, great coach. You know, I mean, like I said, they recruit well. They've always got – always had talent there under Hugh Freeze. Um, but, hey, it, we all remember what happened last year, 36-12, to 12, spoiling our home opener in Protective Stadium. It's time to get revenge. It's time to Let's go up to Lynchburg and just ruin their parade, whatever they got get going em. on. Let's <laughs> get them, man. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, guys, um, we're going to go ahead and roll the interview that we had with John Manson. Again, uh, give A Sea of Red a follow on Twitter at A Sea of Red or go to aceofred.com. Get your Blazer Victory podcast t-shirts or hoodies. And if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the Blazer Victory podcast, whatever you're listening to us on right now, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review if you love the show. And without further ado, we'll go ahead and roll our interview with John Manson. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory podcast, where we are pleased to be joined by John Manson who is the founder of A Sea of Red. And, you know, John, as I was just telling you before we started recording, you guys do a great job just covering Liberty football, basketball, really all athletics for Liberty University. And, you know, this is your second time on the podcast. So how's everything going? Doing good, John Darian. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Looking forward to talking with you guys and reconnecting after last year. had a good time chopping it up with you and uh, looking to do it again. We, uh, you guys do a great job too with with your podcast. Enjoy following you guys on social too. It's it's uh it's fun times. You guys do a do a good job. Too bad we won't be uh both be uh, conference USA partners next year. But uh, congrats to you guys on getting to the AAC. That's that's big. Well, we appreciate that, John. And you know, congrats to you guys on getting into conference USA. I think you know. It's really just great for both programs, you know, Liberty, you know, able to get into Conference USA and, you know, UAB able to get into the AAC and uh, just look forward to, you know, seeing Liberty dominate Conference USA, to be honest. That's what I see going forward in the near future. And hopefully, you know, UAB competing at the top at the AAC uh, next year and going forward. Uh, But guys, definitely, if you are not following a sea of red, go ahead and give uh, them a follow at Twitter. It's at AC of Red, and you can also give John a follow at JC Manson, M A N S O N. 
Well, John, let's just go ahead and crack into it, man. Um, so it's obviously a little different than last year. You know, this year, both teams playing so early in the season, only really having one game of film to, you know, look at for both teams. But that one game for Liberty, and, and I know you went to Hattiesburg. You know, that's a long drive from Lynchburg all the way down to Hattiesburg. But, I mean, that, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the longest game in Liberty program history, you know, going four overtimes in Hattiesburg. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it, it is correct. Four overtimes, longest in school history. Uh, I think there was two previous triple overtime games with nothing that had gone four overtimes. So um, it, the game actually went by pretty quickly as far as time, uh, you know, uh, it started at six o'clock central. I think it was over by certainly by 10 and, and going to four overtimes. That, that's quite a feat to get over in four hours. But but yeah, man, I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of new faces on this Liberty team this year, a lot of transfers and and uh, there's a lot of question marks. And, and I'm not sure if we got answers to those or, or we have more questions than we did a week ago. But right. uh, it'll be interesting to see to see how this team does this year and. Uh, definitely, you know, with Malik Willis gone and, and with the Tennessee Titans as the backup there, the Tannehill, it's uh, it, it, it's a new look. And it'll be interesting to see how this this team takes shape this year. Well, just just real quick on that, John. So what with Malik Willis being gone and, you know, you only bring back what about four starters on that defensive side of the ball? I mean, what what are fan expectations? I mean, for this 22 season, I mean, you know, you've had one game and you said there might be more questions than. Uh, answers right now but what were what are the fan expectations right now for liberty that that you see you know from fans uh reading to see a red and listening to your podcast what 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 kind of vibes are you getting right now well i mean entering the season people had expectations as high as it ever been i mean coach hugh freeze he's done a great job recruiting he's going into his fourth year is in his fourth year with the program and the recruiting classes that keep getting better each and every year. So uh, despite losing Malik and some of the others that, that were on the team last year in the last few years kind of led the, led the way there's, there's still lots of proven pieces on both sides of the ball. And, and uh, some guys that, you know, were playing backup spots the last year or two, now they're stepping into more prominent roles and, and some transfers that have come in and, and had some good performances there Saturday night down in Hattiesburg and, and, uh, you know, so expectations are still high. Now, you know, being an independent, as you guys know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's different. Your schedules vary so much from year to year. And this is probably, I shouldn't say probably, this is the toughest schedule Liberty's ever played. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, you got games against, you know, Wake Forest, Arkansas, BYU, Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. uh, obviously UAB this coming weekend, uh, Southern Miss, who I don't think is a pushover, I think, as you guys uh, watch them this year. I, they're better than they were last year, in my opinion. They're, they'll win right. more than three games. I think. I don't know if they get to bowl eligibility, depending on how their quarterback play f- out. But but I, they'll win four, five, six games this year. So uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's got old Dominions on the schedule. You know they beat Virginia Tech. Uh, so, so it's going to be a tough, tough, uh, tough draw this year. But uh, I, yeah, I think expectations are you know to get back to a fourth straight bowl game. Uh, you know certainly win six games and. and I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, seven or eight wins is probably what what the would be a realistic expectation. And and of course, everything kind of flipped on its head in the middle of the game. And and people were thinking, oh, no, it's going to be a rebuilding season when uh, Charlie Brewer went out with a broken right hand. And and he'll be out, as you guys, I'm sure, have seen it and talked about six to eight weeks. And right. and uh, Jonathan Bennett came in, who was back up to Malik last year and the backup again this year. And. He really struggled. I mean, the offense, if, if any of you have watched any of that game, the offense did not move the ball well. 
there was just it just the it was just dead on the sidelines. There wasn't a lot of energy. And then uh, in the co- in the fourth quarter, Coach Freeze uh, brought in Caden Salter, a redshirt freshman who was at uh, Tennessee and transferred in a year ago. And you know he's a four-star recruit out of high school, uh, uh, one of the top quarterbacks prospects in the country, and and uh, a lot of talent, obviously, but it's still raw. And yeah. if you go back, and, I mean, if, if those of you listening, if, if, you know, go back and look on ESPN Plus at the fourth quarter of that Liberty at, uh, Southern Miss game, and, and you'll see the the uh, the talent that Salter has. He wears seven, same numbers Malik did last year. So uh, similar type players, you know, Malik would get out in the open field and he just tried to he'd lower his shoulder and run you over or try to. And uh, Salter's not quite got that frame at this point in time, just, you know, 19 year old kid. He, He's not, you know, that 23-year-old veteran, but um, you know, he, he's he's able to get out there and make plays with his legs and with his arm, and and uh, made, and he was third on the depth chart going into the game last week, and got thrown into the fire with the team uh, trailing by a touchdown in the fourth quarter and led two touchdown drives to to tie the game both times, including the final time in the last two minutes of the game to send it to overtime, and and uh, you know, so it was a gutsy performance by him, and and I'm assuming he'll be the starter again this week. Coach Freeze did not officially name him that, but I'm sure that's just a little bit of cat and mouse type games playing with uh, UAB this week, but uh, looking to see Salter out there again Saturday night. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that my next question was going to be, do you anticipate seeing, being, you know, seeing Salter, you know, the freshman as the starter heading into this UAB game? Because, I mean, if you go back to last year, I mean, you know, Bennett got in a little bit towards the end of that UAB game. Now, I mean, the game was well out of hand, but, you know, he got in a little bit um, but I guess when fall camp at Liberty was, it was Charlie Brewer kind of like the clear go ahead number one, or was, you know, Salter and Brewer kind of fighting it out, you know, for that number one spot. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, and from based on what I had heard, uh, Brewer was kind of the, the odds on favorite, you know, coming in, you know, transferred from Utah, obviously, and was at Baylor the, the first part of his career. I mean, it's a guy that, you know, he's thrown for over 10,000 yards in his career at the FBS level, playing in the Big 12 and Pac-12. Uh, so, you know, he, he's he's an experienced guy. And and you put him in a quarterback room with with three other guys that he was competing with this summer, and, and none of them had had any uh, starts or still don't. Uh, even as we go in this week, someone will make their first career start on Saturday. Um, you know, so there's not a lot of experience. Yeah, uh, Bennett played some last year, but again, you know, he's playing when when the games were well in hand, or there was a game or two where Malik might have gotten knocked out for two or three drives, and he would step in for him. And yeah, what I think about Jonathan Bennett, I mean, he's a Liberty guy. He's been, he was recruited by Turner Gill, a previous head coach, and and stayed true to his commitment and signed with Coach Freeze, and and uh, has been there ever since. And so he's in his fourth year in his program, so he knows the system. Uh, you know, he, he's but, you know, to be honest, he's, you know, a typical backup quarterback. I mean, he's mm. he's a guy that you can trust and count on to go in there for for a drive or two, a quarter or two and kind of keep the ship steady. Uh, but to be honest, um, I don't think he's the guy that, you know, you want to be your starter for seven or eight weeks if you got a, a guy out for, for a long period of time. Um, and I think I think that's going to be end up happening. I wouldn't be shocked if both. Uh, Bennett and Salter play some. And, and the reason why I say that is because kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, Salter is, you know, he's young. I mean, that was really his first time playing. 
Uh, he played in a game against UMass when it was like 50 to nothing in the fourth quarter for like two drives last year. But, you know, he redshirted. And, and you know, I think all along he was either going to be Bennett or, or Brewer as a starter as training camp kind of got going on. So he was basically third on the depth chart. And you can only ha- you only have so many reps in practice to go around. So he just wasn't getting the reps. And, and that was one thing Coach Freeze was talking about uh, in his press conference on Monday was – uh, you know, he just has to prepare like it's his job now and and take it seriously. Not that he wasn't before, but uh, so that's the biggest thing. I just don't know if if Salter has the full understanding of the offense to a point where he can run 80 plus plays on a right, night right. where a guy like Bennett's got that experience. So he does. So so I wouldn't be shocked if they you know put in a package of 15 or 20 plays that they feel comfortable with with Salter. And, uh, you know, maybe let Bennett run some of the other base stuff. So so it'll be interesting to see how that goes and maybe just take baby steps with them. But again, I mean, you know, UAB is you know, I know I'm talking to you guys and, and I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm UAB is a, a legit team. I mean, I think they're borderline top 25 with the talent you guys got coming back and and the experience on that team. So, I mean, it's not like you can you're playing some cream puff, obviously, that you can, you know, throw the freshman out there and, and figure it out on the fly. I mean, and obviously UAB's got a really good defense. So it's going to be a big challenge for for Coach Freeze and, and the entire offense. So, my, um, so John, you know, my question was, um, I know you speak, um, you spoke of the transfers and you spoke of the, some of the backups having to fill prominent roles this year. Besides quarterback, um, what do, what are those spots offensively and defense, defensively you, you think that Liberty is having to answer those questions about? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, wide receiver is one that there's a lot of question marks going into the year. Demario Douglas, uh, who who had a had a big game last year, I think he went for over 100 yards against against you guys. You may remember the, the name and number three slot guy, five, nine, real shifty. Um, I think he went. You know, had a good game last year. He uh, he went for 97 yards uh, Saturday night against Mississippi or Southern Miss down in Mississippi with two touchdowns. And yeah, he had over 100. Yeah, he had a 70 yard catch in the UAB game. Last okay, year. so yeah, UAB fans me. definitely stood, remember Douglas. <laughs> he stood yeah. out on when I, I watched this game. He he stood out on film. I know I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a stud. But other than him, it's a lot of question marks at receiver. I mean. Uh, there's two guys that that have moved on, and and one of them was in uh, training camp with the Bears this uh, this uh, summer and and fall. Uh, Kevin Shaw, he's moved on. DJ Stubbs, another guy, has moved on, and so it's a lot of question marks. What's going on at receiver? And uh, Liberty brought in an FCS transfer and Caleb Sneed. He had a couple catches Saturday night, and uh, he's a big body guy on the outside. CJ Garbro is another guy. He was on the team. Uh, two years ago as a freshman and, and you know, made a lot of big plays kind of, you know, Liberty had a, a Antonio Gandy golden uh, was the big name then before Malik. And he was with the Washington football team drafted by them and, and played with them a little bit, but uh, CJ Yarbrough kind of was his backup and played good as a, as a freshman. But then last year he took a, he walked away from football and was still a student at Liberty, but he got in the ROTC program. So, but now he's back and, and he played a lot and he will play a lot this week too, but, but he's still a little raw after having a year away from football. So there's a lot of questions at receiver Um, running backs, pretty solid. They got a Hawaii transfer uh, in uh, day day Hunter, who's who they're expecting a lot out of. He, He played well this past week. Offensive line had been completely remade. That that was one of the things that was, you know, they didn't, 
didn't do too well last year. They gave up over 50 sacks on the year, which obviously is not good. Um, so they brought in a new offensive line coach. They brought in, I think, four transfers on the offensive line. Three of oh, those. Wow. wow. Yeah, three of those ended up starters. Well, three of them started um, this past week, uh, left tackle, center, and right tackle, and uh, then two returning starters. So it's a whole new look on the offensive line. They, they were a lot better, but still, you know, weren't getting that push, especially on like first and second downs for uh, for the running game to get going. So, uh, you know, that's a quick overview of the, the offense. Um, you know, defense, there's two uh, transfers from Auburn that are, uh, if not starting, they're in the two deep on on the interior of the line. Defensive tackle is also a JUCO kid, Mike Smith Jr. at linebacker. He had an interception against Southern Miss uh, this past weekend, so and led the team in tackles. Um, also a, a corner transfer from Southern Utah, Kobe Singleton. He had an interception Saturday night. Um, you know the defense is really the strength of the team, especially early on in the year, uh, especially that defensive line. You know they're they're you know, pride themselves in getting after the quarterback and also being able to stop the run. They had a couple of goal line stands uh, there against Southern Miss. Did not the entire all four overtimes, which the third and the fourth, you know, you're doing the two point conversions. They didn't they didn't they were held to a field goal attempt or did not score uh, those four overtimes. They had three points. Uh, so that kind of shows you a little bit about the, about the defense. And John, I really like uh, Trishawn Clark. Coming mm-hmm. off the edge, I mean that guy really pops off. You know, kind of studying the film too. Yeah, Treshawn, he he's he's a NFL type guy, number ten, defensive end. He's a junior. He's been around. He's played played a lot as a true freshman. Uh, he likes to get after the quarterback, which you know Southern Miss, as you guys know, doesn't really have a quarterback at this point in time. I mean, Frank Gore was out there at the. Uh, the, I don't know what they call it, the super back or whatever they call it. But, right. I mean, so, so Liberty didn't really – it changed the game plan. I mean, and, and so they didn't have a chance really to rush the passer because there was no passer. But, um, you know, yeah, Trayshawn Clark can get after the quarterback. Uh, Darrell Johnson on the other side, number 11. He's another guy that's got some NFL potential. Uh, they, they both like to get after the quarterback. And, and uh, really, like I said, the, the defensive line is, is the strength, probably the entire team, but certainly of the defense. Hmm. It's interesting you said that. I was watching the game. I came away impressed with you guys' defensive backfield. I know they gave I know they gave away plays here and there, but that happens. You know that's gonna happen yeah. sometimes. Um, but I like the the play, the one interception that uh, number twenty, the cornerback. I thought he made a really good play, and I thought the D lineman number eleven. I thought he made a really nice adjustment on his interception as well. But um, I was just really impressed with you guys' defensive backfield with the speed and um, how they were able to just stay with the receivers for the, for the most part. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And and uh, you know, like like I was kind of alluding to is is you know Southern went you know their their starter Ty Keys got knocked out with a you know our safety got him with you know you could probably call it a cheap shot if you want to a head to head and knocked him out probably had a concussion uh, in the first half and so the second half they just went to Frank Gore. Uh, with that super back and and ran the ball and so you know Liberty stacked the box with nine in the box and dared them to pass and and put those two corners out there on the island on each side and and just had them playing one-on-one on their receiver and and I mean you know I think Southern uh, I'm looking at the box score here they attempted four 14 passes all night and eight of those was by Ty Keys in the first half so you know the last two and a half quarters they attempted you know six passes so uh, yeah, you know, it, it changed. You won't see that type of same game plan against uh, UAB this weekend. It'll be, you know, they typically Liberty goes with four down linemen and, and uh, you know, 
three safeties. Well, they only played two safeties with five down linemen uh, against Southern Miss. So uh, it'll be a different game plan and, and a different look than, you know, something more accustomed to what Liberty fans are used to seeing a Saturday night against UAB. And, and John, is, is that concerning, you know, to Liberty um, for, for their defense, kind of looking at the box score of the Southern Miss game? And I did get to catch uh, bits and pieces of that game. But, I mean, giving up over 250 yards rushing to, you know, a very one-dimensional, you know, Southern Miss offense, as you just alluded to earlier with Frank Gore. I mean, is that concerning, knowing that UAB loves to pound it with, uh, you know, those two guys in the backfield, Dwayne McBride and Jermaine Brown? Like, I mean <laughs> – Sure. No, no, I, that's a fair question. And I think, you know, I, I don't really know how to answer the question at this point in time. I mean, it's a question mark. We'll have to see. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, I think we'll learn a lot Saturday night about about the defense and, and the rushing defense. Uh, but I do think that it is it is going to be a strong defense all the way around against the pass and against the run. Um, you, you know, but yeah, I mean, they, they rushed for over 250 yards. Uh, I think they had 50 some odd. Uh, carries though so I mean a lot yeah. of that was Frank Gore he he broke a couple long runs uh 40 or 50 yarder and and uh got out into space and, and you know was able to do it but but also they, they also Southern Miss was able to dominate the, the time of possession Liberty's defense was out on the field a long time and a lot of that was due to Liberty uh you know the offense the struggles they were having as they were playing three quarterbacks and, and got to the third one before they could figure out you know, what they were doing on offense, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is a, a little bit of a concern. But but to be honest with you, I think it's going to end up being a strong suit for for the team uh, going forward. But but again, I mean, I could be wrong and, and we'll learn a lot uh, this weekend against a more traditional type of offense. Definitely. And, and I thought, you know, I, I thought Liberty did a great job in last year's matchup and, you know, kind of preventing big, uh, big explosive runs uh, for the UAB offense and kind of forced UAB to kind of be one dimensional and try to take deep shots. So I, that's, I, that's what I look forward to most is seeing, can UAB pound it on this Liberty defense or is Liberty's defense going to step up like they did last year and, you know, kind of force UAB to throw it downfield. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, if, if you're able to go back and watch any of that game uh, against Southern Miss is they were, you know, Southern was able to drive the ball on occasion, you know, whether it was penalties or, or uh, explosive plays or, or whatever whatever, um, you know, to, to continue to move the chains and get down the field. But the defense kept standing strong down in uh, in the red zone and, and had, like I said, had a couple goal line stands, only gave up three points in four overtime periods, uh, had five turnovers, five takeaways, um, you know, so so they were able to, to, you know, bend but not break, as the saying goes, right? So, yeah, they might have given up some yards. but And that's kind of been the defense's uh, – you know, pro, you know, that's kind of been like their modus operandi the past few years is, uh, you know, they might give up some yards between the 20s. But when you get down there in the red zone, they kind of stiffen and, and force you to a field goal attempt or or come up with a with a key uh, takeaway and, and kind of, you know, lead the country or get in the top 25 or so top 15 of of the country in scoring defense. And, and um, you know, so that's that's kind of what they're aiming for. And they were pretty successful at that Saturday night. So honestly, I think. UAB, in a sense, is in the same position as you guys, where we kind of left our game, you know, playing Alabama A&M, kind of left our game with a couple questions. I didn't know how we could gauge it. So from your perspective, I don't want to just box you in on a prediction. I want to see what do you think would happen in a win and what their score would be or in, a, in the same thing as in the loss? What do you think would happen in the game and what what that score would be? 
Sure. No, it's a good question. Um, be honest with you, Darren. I haven't gotten into it much here as we're talking Monday night. I, I, I'm not sure. Obviously, UAB is a six and a half point favorite. I do think it's going to be a tough game for Liberty. I think uh, I think that UAB should be favored at this point in time. I mean, just based on week one and where the two teams are at this point in time, I, I, the, the big wild card is Liberty and Caden Salter. I mean, yeah. Is he going to be able to do what he did in the fourth quarter now that there's some film on him? Uh, is he going to be able to do that over the course of the game? Is he going to be able to have enough mastery of the offense to uh, to do that over the course of the game and to put points up? Because obviously UAB's experienced and going to be able to move the ball and going to be able to score. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, so is he going to be able to do that? In my opinion, I think he will be able to do that. Will he be able to do it enough, consistently enough? I mean, he's going to have some some big plays, some some big moments. Um, you know, you've seen that in some of the highlights that he that he made in the fourth quarter against Southern Miss. But he's also going to have some bad plays. I mean, he's going to have some turnovers. He's going to have you know some misreads and, and some some places where he's going to force the ball into or or make a bad read or. Or uh, there's one time in the game uh, this past week where, you know, he, uh, you know, Q Freeze likes to do the RPO a lot. So he had an RPO and, and Caden turned to his left to hand the ball to the running back. But the running back went to the right. And, you know, so then he, the play obviously broke down. He was able to pick up a first down in the play. But, you know, is that going to you know happen again? So um, that's the big question mark, I think, going into this game. And. And I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'd expect it to be uh, decided in the fourth quarter, and it may be a turnover one way or the other that kind of decides it. But um, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say that Liberty's going to win Saturday night when we really don't know what to expect out of a young quarterback probably making his first start. Um, you know, so I don't want to sit here and say UAB is going to win, but I understand why they're the favorite, and uh, I, I do expect it to be a very close game. I think that, but like I said, Nick, to kind of answer your question is, and not to evade it, I'm not trying to. Is is uh, you know, if Salter is what Liberty fans think and hope he is, mm-hmm. and he's able to be consistent and and not make too many boneheaded plays or, or mistakes. Uh, I think he'll put Liberty in a position to win, and it's a matter of not can he do it. And uh, as a Liberty fan, I would like to lean to say, yes, he can, and yes, Liberty will win by one score. Uh, but if he's unable to, then then I would think that it would go the other way and UAB is able to, to score. And if he has too many turnovers against a good team like U, UAB, or too many bad plays, mistakes, uh, it, it could – you know, get to where it's a comfortable lead for UAB, you know, where they win by two, you know, two scores, you know, 10 to 17 points or something like that. All right. That's a good answer. All right, well, <laughs> well, well, John, I know we're, we're keeping you a little over than what I said, but I've just got one more question. And, you know, sure. I alluded to it earlier that I do think Liberty is going to come in and dominate Conference USA uh, next year. But what What's the general morale of, you know, Liberty Flames fan base? Like, you know, are they excited about joining Conference USA? Um, are, are they not as excited? Because, you know, joining a conference, you have to, you know, limit your schedule now where you can only play, you know, three or four non-conference games a year as opposed to picking your whole schedule. But what, what's the general morale of the fan base? Sure. And that's kind of a loaded question. We could talk about that for the next 30 minutes if you wanted to. But but yeah, I mean, you know, try to boil it down to you in a couple minutes. But yeah, I mean, I think um, 
the majority of the fans are excited about it. They know that, especially with this college football playoff expanding to 12 yes. now with, with six uh, conference championships or champions getting automatic bids. And so that means at least one G5, maybe two on, on some years get, get an automatic bid. So that certainly puts a team like Liberty, who hopefully can go in and compete for championships in the CUSA immediately in that conversation should they – you know, win 10 or 11 games in a year and, and maybe pull off a, a P5 upset or two in a, in a season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that overall the fan base is excited about. There are some that that don't like it. And and I understand where they're coming from, because if you look at Liberty's schedule this year, they've got teams like BYU and Virginia Tech, which, you know, Virginia Tech's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours down the road here from Lynchburg. So that's a big game, big rival coming into town, uh, playing at, Lin at Liberty in Lynchburg. Uh, and so is BYU. I mean, you're not going to get those type games playing in a, you know, I think we we can all say a watered down Conference USA moving forward where you're mm -hmm. playing Western Kentucky and New Mexico State and Louisiana Tech, et cetera. Um, you know, so so it is a little bit of a catch 22 where you have to give up some things, some of these you know attractive games. But at the same time, you also gain something by being able to compete for conference championships, being able to you know, possibly put yourself in, a, in special years in, into a position to to compete for, you know, a CFP spot possibly down the road. And, and uh, you know, so I think ultimately it, this is kind of the, the next stepping stone for Liberty as a program. And we talked about that some last year, I believe, on the podcast with you guys is, is uh, you know, Liberty is a young program. I mean, right. you know, just the fourth year in the FBS and uh, the school was founded in 1971, so it hasn't been around that long and and uh, has made a lot of strides during that time. But uh, so I think this is kind of, you know, this first time playing an FBS conference, I think it'll help a lot of the other sports as well. If you're not talking football, men's basketball will be a big jump up in competition. And same thing with baseball and some of the other sports. So um, I think all, 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 you know, all together, all said is, is that the fan base is generally excited about the move and, and think it's kind of the next step up. And, and hopefully one day we can, keep on moving and get to an AAC or, or, you know, we never know what's going to happen with, with college sports, but, but right. get to that next level and continue to, to kind of build this athletic program, you know, kind of one step at a time. And that's kind of, you know, I think the move to conference USA continues that path and, and, you know, it's just kind of the next step in, in that path. Right. Well, John, we just thank you again so much for coming on the Blazer Victory podcast again this year. And guys, Definitely go to aseaofred.com and give, you know, they've got a bunch of stuff on their website. Uh, I believe I've contributed to an article that's coming out this week. You know, we'll be on their podcast. They pump out great context, uh, you know, con uh, context just every week, you know, whether it's basketball, football, give a sea of red a follow on Twitter as well at a sea of red. But John, just thank you so much for coming on. And I, Hey, I hope, you know, we can maybe keep this a uh, non-conference series, you know, going forward and uh, years to come with Liberty and UAB. Yeah, John, Darian, thanks so much for having me on. Look forward to the game this week, and and we'd I'd love to see this series continue. I think UAB is a great program. I enjoyed my trip down to Birmingham last year, and and uh, hope some of the Blazer fans coming up this week will have a nice, pleasurable experience as well. And and yeah, loved it. Love to keep on playing in the future. Yeah, it's like a um, it's like a budding rivalry in a sense. If we can, if we give it some time and let it keep growing, because we're both improving programs at the same time. So um, I think we're kind of on the same trajectory. I want to see it continue going. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you and look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. No problem, John. Thank you so much. And, guys, uh, Darian and I will be back late Saturday night to give you guys an instant reaction to the UAB Liberty game. But as always, guys, go Blazers.